This is Asian Insider and I'm Nirmal Ghosh. Now, US forces have killed Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, the so-called Caliph of the Islamic State. The question we address today is what does that mean for Southeast Asia? Now, since July last year in the Philippines, ISIS has claimed four suicide bombings. In 2017, you will remember the Philippines fought for five months in its toughest battle since World War II to retake the southern city of Marawi from militia claiming loyalty to ISIS. There was a huge death toll, almost 250 soldiers and civilians, 954 militants, and it left the town in ruins. Literally weeks ago in Western Java, Indonesia's chief security minister, Wiranto, was stabbed in an attack by a couple who apparently belonged to the Jamaa Ansar Uttawla, the JAD, that has pledged loyalty to ISIS. Wiranto survived, 22 people have been arrested. So while Jamaa Islamia and Al-Qaeda are still very much active with cells in different countries across Asia, there are other groups as well, some of them opportunistically jumping on the Islamic State bandwagon. We have on the line Rakyan Adibata, Country Director of IACSP Indonesia. That's the International Association for Counter-Terrorism and Security Professionals. Rakyan, thank you very much for joining us. My pleasure. So Rakyan, how much influence does the Islamic State have among groups in Southeast Asia? Or is it a case of some groups being more interested in ISIS than the other way around? Well, after the the splits uh, within the organization called the Jama'ah Ansar Tauhid, which uh, built established by Abu Bakar Bashir, one of the mon- most prominent uh, jihadists in Southeast Asia, who also established Jama'ah Islamia in the past, uh, in 2017 there are uh, there is a big uh, split out because most of the uh, members doesn't agree to join the Jama'ah, uh, the, the what's so-called ISIS, and create their own organization called the Jama'ah Surah Sharia. But the 10% still agree to join uh, the ISIS and pledge allegiance with ISIS, along with other organizations, which then create Jama'ah Surah Daulah. Now, this group have totally different characteristics compared with the Jama'ah Islamiyah. Uh, they have ability to recruit more people comparing with Jamaa Islamia, and they grow quite uh, in 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 numbers, uh, quite quite big comparing with Jamaa Islamia in in the first ten uh, years of period between 2000 until 2010. Uh, answering the questions, indeed, people have the tendency to join ISIS or pledge allegiance to ISIS comparing with the JI. So will the demise of al-Baghdadi change anything in Southeast Asia? Or is there, and is there a possibility of, of J.I. and al-Qaeda gaining ground in Southeast Asia? And which countries are vulnerable? Well, Indonesia plays uh, a really important uh, part in Southeast Asia because it's the biggest country and the biggest <clears throat> uh, Muslim population, not just in, only in Southeast Asia, but also in the world. Now, uh-huh. uh, so if you... Take that as a number, of course, the numbers of the jihadists or the people who radicalize and trying to join any terrorist organization, whether it's JI or Jamaat Surah Daula, which pledge allegiance to ISIS, is uh, growing even uh, bigger comparing with other countries in Southeast Asia. Uh, the jihadist uh, dynamics and, and narratives is always going to be stay in Indonesia for the next couple of uh, decades. Now, whether it's going to be uh, those who still pledge allegiance to ISIS or with uh, Jamaa Islamia, 
but it's going to be always going to be people who are going to relate themselves with a terrorist organization. Now, uh-huh. after the death of Jama, uh, after the death of uh, Abu Bakar al Baghdadi, uh, I saw we we monitor numbers of Telegram groups that belong or uh, being controlled by uh, ISIS uh, Indonesians, uh, ISIS uh, supporters in within the country. And uh, in the first couple of days, they still in the self denial. Uh, saying that it's just only a propaganda from the West that's saying that Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, their leader, is dead. But now they, uh, they start to accept the, the truth that indeed uh, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi is dead. But now, what do they take after uh, seeing the fact that their leader is dead? Uh, there, is one, uh, there is one narrative, a narrative that being said that whether our leader is dead the 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 person that is going to replace him is already already there and there will be no vacuum of power uh-huh. uh, but on the other hand uh, what we're trying to focus here especially in Indonesia is to see the uh, to see the potentials of the the terrorist attack go back to the previous targets so there's uh, uh, in the first, uh, in the first one, especially five uh, five years between uh-huh. 2000, 2000 until two thousand five, especially uh, uh-huh. most target is, uh, most target for by the Jamaat Islamia are targeting a Western target or what we called as the far enemies. But then it slightly changed and it uh, changed rapidly after two thousand ten, targeting uh-huh. the near enemy, which is the police. And the right. state, where the peak of the, the attack is attacking uh, Wiranto uh, a couple of weeks ago, but oh. that's is part of the part of the their concept or their uh, their uh, main targets, where switching from the far enemy and to the near enemy, which is the state. But now, after the death of uh, a, a Baghdadi, there is a tendency that they will also going to target the West again. But it's not going to be as massive, uh, from my point of view, it's not going to be as, as massive uh-huh. as the attack that conducted by the Jamaa uh, Islamia in the past, using right. bombing tactics and so forth. But mostly uh-huh. uh, what we're trying to prevent is the lone wolf attack or small cell attack, just uh-huh. using knife or car ramming, for instance. Right. So, uh, very quickly, you had a recent interesting development out there in Indonesia. Former National Police Chief uh, Tito Karnavian, who was, you know, one of the leaders in the fight, in, uh, in the counterterrorism fight. He's now become Indonesia's Home Affairs Minister and Police General Idam Aziz is taking over. Now, is this a good development? Of course, I saw this is a good development. Uh, but Tito will play a really important role in controlling the Home Affairs. A uh, number of things that going to be included uh, under his portfolio is regarding on uh, uh, supervising or disbanding, if needed, to any organizations that leads to radicalizations or uh, or uh, violent extremism uh, context. On the other hand, uh, Mr. Idamazis are well known and a prominent individuals who have extensive experience on homeland security and also a really highly decorated uh, police officers 
in the last uh, few decades. So uh -huh. this is a good development, and we do really hope that uh, with the moving of Pak Tito, uh, Mr. Tito Karnavian, to uh -huh. a ministerial desk, they going he going to let a better better uh, uh, coordination within government's uh, entities to uh, to prevent not just only terrorism but also preventing radicalizations uh, before it changes into terrorism. Thank you very much, Rakian. Much appreciated. Thank you for your time. Pleasure. Thank you so much. So let's turn now to Vayudi Suryat Matya, the Straits Times Indonesia correspondent in Jakarta and Raul Dansel, Philippines correspondent in Manila. Vayudi, thanks for being with us today. What is your assessment of the influence of ISIS in Indonesia? Uh, Indonesia, uh, the largest Muslim population in the world. And uh, ISIS, uh, they have been uh, uh, having this, what they call uh, takfiri doctrine. They uh -huh. uh, treat anyone as enemies, including Muslims who do not follow their uh, uh, doctrine. Unlike their predecessor, Jemaah Islamiyah, uh, which focus on attacks primarily on Western uh, interests. Uh -huh. So that is uh, one of the reasons why uh, they're not that, uh, uh, say, popular among uh, Muslims in Indonesia. If I can tell you more, uh, compared uh -huh. to Jemaah Islamiyah, uh, ISIS attacks have been small, poorly planned, unorganized. So we can call they are just newbie terrorists uh, with lack of experience. They have picked up their skills uh, to attack from primarily from internet. And uh, unlike uh, Jemaah Islamia, uh, they don't have people who have gone to battles in Afghanistan, in Mindanao. So if we can highlight uh, some of their uh, attacks, Jemaah Islamia had Bali bombing uh, where 200 people were killed. Uh, the second right. Bali bombing, 25 people were killed. Australian embassy oh. bombing. ISIS, uh, four people, three people, and even uh, oh. the central Jakarta attack, uh, uh, the gun that they used was actually stuck. They could have uh, killed more if the the gun uh, worked properly. Yeah. Okay. That was that was quite lucky actually. But so g given this, I mean, from what you're telling me, it seems that the demise of Al Baghdadi will not really change much because a lot of these groups are autonomous in themselves, right? There are a lot of lone wolves, and uh, gauging from the chatter on the society on the militants affiliated to the ISIS uh, affiliated groups. Uh, let me uh, highlight or quote uh, some of those uh, to uh -huh. you, probably. Uh, you uh -huh. know, they said, quote, the global media has reported Abu Bakar al-Baghdadi has died in a raid by U.S. forces. We should only trust the Islamic State newsletter. We should wait. And then uh, they also said uh, on the social media, if Baghdadi died, the ISIS newsletter would report it like they did when the ISIS spokesman uh, uh, Abu Muhammad Al-Atmani uh, oh. died and ISIS announced he was replaced by Ali Muhajir. So uh -huh. uh, basically they're saying uh, a replacement of ISIS leader would confirm the demise of al-Baghdadi. And they also uh, went on, if Baghdadi was killed, there will be a successor. Don't worry. So these are the chatters among the militants uh, uh, on the social media. So they're violent jihad will continue regardless. Very, very interesting. Okay, so Raul, coming, coming to you, coming to the Philippines, 
What is your take? Do you think al-Baghdadi's demise will resonate out there, will change anything there? Um, I agree with the assessment of security officials here that the uh, Baghdadi's death, while a uh, setback, uh, will not diminish the threat of uh, violent extremism here in the Philippines. Now, the, the, I think one, one fact to, to, to look at here is that Baghdadi, in the, in the eyes of his followers, Baghdadi died a martyr. Uh -huh. And this is bound to galvanize uh, uh, younger, more idealistic uh, terrorists here in the, in the Philippines. Uh, I'd like to point out that here in the Philippines, uh, we've had suicide attacks before, but they were perpetrated by foreigners, you know, Indonesians. Uh, in the last uh, bombing, we had uh, a couple from Indonesia who bombed a cathedral here in the uh, uh -huh. southern Philippines. But in July, we saw the first case of a Filipino suicide bomber. Uh -huh. no? And I think Baghdadi's uh, death, the way it happened, he blew himself up, uh, uh, I understand. It's, uh, it's setting an example, you know, for uh, oh. younger, uh, more idealistic uh, Filipino terrorists. And that may embolden them to, you know, um, uh, resort to more suicide attacks. And we've had an influx of foreign terrorists coming here. You know? uh, and they're the ones who are radicalizing these uh, young, younger generation of Muslims now. Uh, before... Uh, the motivation, I, I think, the motivation before with older generation of uh, uh, Islamist fighters, Islamist insurgents have been mostly financial. No? But we've had younger uh, fighters here uh, who, have, uh, have been, who have had uh, more contacts with uh, these foreign, uh, these veterans from the fighting in, in Afghanistan, in, in Syria and Iraq. And they're the ones indoctrinating these younger uh, terrorists into a more militant form, more deadly form of, uh, I mean, Islam, I guess, extremism, violent extremism. And so to sum it up, I think Baghdadi's death will just galvanize uh, these, uh, these uh, terrorists and right. make, make them an even greater threat here in the Philippines. Right, and I'm glad you pointed out the fact that, you know, the returning fighters are a problem, the fighters coming back from Syria and that region to the various countries. So what happened in Marawi, uh, okay, uh, it was a disaster, and it shocked everyone that it happened at that scale. Mm -hmm. Now, is the armed forces of the Philippines and the security agencies, are they more on top of things now, or is the Philippines still vulnerable? I know, you know, Marawi uh, dealt a severe uh, a setback, a, a big setback to... Uh, uh, ISIS, uh, ISIS uh, linked groups here, no? and they're still trying to regroup. I don't think they're planning anything as big as Marawi right now. So you, right now, we're seeing uh, small uh, attacks, you know, bombing, uh, uh -huh. bombing a military camp, uh, attacking uh, small civilian targets. The Islamists, the ISIS linked groups, are incapable of uh, mounting another Marawi, uh, another attack in the scale of Marawi. Uh, the setback has been because they lost their uh, uh, charismatic leaders, many of their charismatic leaders uh, who, are, who have pledged allegiance to ISIS in Marawi. And so that's, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll give that to the military. Okay. But I think the bigger factor now is that recently the government uh, formed this autonomous Muslim region here in Mindanao. 
the idea, and, and this region is composed of uh, former uh, Islamic fighters, no? And the idea behind this is that, you know, uh, rather than use uh, use the military to hunt down these extremists, you have this this uh, semi-autonomous government uh, governed by former uh, Islamist uh, fighters, Muslim uh, Muslim, uh, right? Who who will deal with the problem themselves? You know, if if this succeed, I mean, I mean, the experiment is that the, the goal is that if this experiment succeeds, this government of Muslim will bring prosperity to a region hobbled by poverty. And, you know, the insurgency, the Muslim insurgency here, the, the root of the problem is, has always been poverty. Uh, poverty uh, uh, stokes uh, insurgency, Muslim insurgency here. So the idea is that if you have this region, if this, this, this semi-autonomous government that can bring prosperity to Mindanao, it will uh, make uh, uh, violent extremism uh, less uh, attract uh, less attractive, you know, to Muslims, and so everything yeah. is, is 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 now. Uh, uh, right. I think victory over violent extremism will hinge more on this uh, mm. experiment than on any military campaign. Well, uh, Raul and Bayudi, thank you very much for joining us today. It's uh, very grateful. That was great. Well, here in the United States, General Kenneth McKenzie, commander of the U.S. Central Command, or CENTCOM, has been quite frank that nobody is under any illusions. We don't see a bloodless future, he said, because al-Baghdadi will be replaced and that ideology is still out there. For Asian Insider, I'm Nirmal Ghosh.